Hi, Roger. How you doing today? I'm good, Mom. How are you doing? This fabulous Friday. Friday. Whoop, 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 whoop. Yes, I saw on the weather that we should be getting some snow, ice, or sleet possibly by Sunday. I'm ready for it. Hot chocolate time. I know you do love your cold weather. Chicken noodle soup, too. You were the chicken noodle soup dance. Yes. Chicken noodle soup. Chicken noodle soup. Chicken noodle soup. Hey. With a soda on the sun. And clear it out. Clear right. it out. Okay, let's jump into the show. Hi, I'm Angela the mom. I'm Roger the daughter. And this is Talking Talkin Brown, Brown Sugar. Sugar. I want some of your brown sugar. Yes, in case you didn't know, that was me singing. We did not own the rights to that music just yet. <laughs> but that would be cool. It would be. What did we talk about last episode, Mom? Holiday sanity, people. Yes, being sane during the holiday season is, you know, about self-care, putting yourself first. So staying within your means, it means keeping your pocket safe from unnecessary purchases. Also watching, you know, whatever it is that you eat, making sure that's what you want to eat, but also taking care of yourself after the fact. What do we have for today? Sugar Cubes, CBS News. Milwaukee County Transit System honored Miss Rosa Parks. They left an unopened seat, a beautiful red rose, and a post of her for every city bus to honor the civil rights activists. The situation happened in 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama, which she, she... Refused to give her seat. Uh, I thought it was such a touching thing for them to do. And a brave act on Miss Parks. For her last saying, and on her saying on the little poster they had, my only concern was to get home after a hard day's work. The words of Miss Rosa Parks. 2005... She will, She was 92 when she passed. Any comments? I think it's interesting that it took place in Montgomery, Alabama, and they recognize her in Milwaukee. I think that's, that's a, good, a good deed on Milwaukee. Yeah, too bad the rest of the 50 states didn't pick up anything off of that. I'm glad she did it. Makes me want Makes me want to cry. But anyway... Our next sugar cube. Wearing a dress for a hundred days comes from New Jersey. Moortown. She's an arts teacher, and she took a challenge up with her husband of wearing a dress or any kind of article that you might have too to proceed into social pressures that we have of the world. We always trying to find something to wear, something different. Something to show off. So she said to take less pressure off her lifestyle, she came up to a challenge with her students in her class. She wore this dress, which she purchased for $50. In respect for the planet, people that work abroad with other jobs, polluting the water from the dyes, which comes from cloth and materials from fashion designers. This news article came from the New York Post. And I guess for her kids, it was a learning experience for them to show that you could use different accessories, shoes, stockings, hats, 
earrings, whatever you may have to show that you can be different in your own well-being and around and be comfortable. And how you think about that challenge, Raja? I don't think I personally would do the challenge. Um, although I do think it's a good idea to, in addition to a challenge like that, to um, go through your closet and see what kind of items you can donate, especially with each seasonal change. Um, just like donating clothes that people could use during that season is nice. So like when it's time for the winter, I might have some coaster things that I know I'm not going to wear or I haven't worn or I forgot about completely. So, you know, just go ahead and donate them. So I think it's a good idea to either do that challenge or find a way to give back. You know what? That's a plus. I'm going to let y'all let, y'all know that she did wash the dress because she had to wear it for 100 days. And for myself, it's just like a uniform. It's sometimes it's easy to put on something that you can wear every day. But I would have to at least find me a cute day to be outside the box. Now to go to our next topic. Yes. Uh, just step into my article. So this is from thebody.com. So we had hashtag MeToo Movement founder Tarana Burke. She opened up the Biomedical HIV Prevention Summit. And she had a conversation about sexual violence and harassment. So one of her main takeaway points was through her path of finding healing from her own sexual child abuse and trauma that she experienced, she was able to find empathy for her sister who um, was diagnosed with HIV. Uh, initially, she mentioned having shame and fear about, you know, her sister getting the disease, but um, she wanted to talk more and have more conversations about HIV after learning different ways to cope with what she went through as a kid. And so in this large space of this conference that they had in Los Angeles, um, you know, celebrating HIV Awareness and AIDS Day, which was last Saturday, December 1st, she wanted to encourage more people to have these kinds of conversations about HIV and AIDS because it's affecting a lot of people. Um, I know you all may have seen or will see news articles about the epidemic and how it's just ravaging people at race alarming rates, and it shouldn't be because it's not only preventable, but we have medicines and things that allow people to live healthy lives, even though they may have HIV and <clears throat> other diseases as well. And so she, Toronto Burke, mentioned in the article that She's been invited to multiple academic, um, political activist spaces where they talk about race, politics, and other social issues that are affecting people. But she rarely hears people talk about HIV and AIDS and how that has been a political issue and how it's affecting people, especially people of color, women, even children. We don't talk about that, and it's it's a global global issue um, that isn't often discussed as far as it you know, being correlate, correlated or connecting to those issues as well. What do you think about that, Mom? It touches my heart. You know, this article, when you was telling me about it, it's such an outreach. Um, it affects me in a way personally because my sister, shouts out to my sister in heaven, Sonia Palmer. I miss her so much. She died of AIDS. How did she contract it? From her boyfriend, and he's a carrier. As we speak today, he is still living. And people got to realize, you got to protect yourself. Ask questions. Don't be ashamed. 
That's so true. I remember you telling me about Sonia because I didn't meet her like when I was a kid, but I got to see her when I was like a baby baby. Um, my aunt <clears throat> Sonia, but through you talking about your relationship with her and her contracting HIV and having AIDS, yes. that you know, safe sex is one of the utmost important things I need to learn as an adult going into the world. Um, you know, just like if you're going to be sexually active, this is some precautions you can take to protect yourself. And that was a conversation you never shied away. And I think um, you just talking through what she meant to you and how that affected you, the family. And still to this day, when we hear about the news and how especially people of color are dying at alarming rates when they could just live, live longer lives with the medicine that's out today, especially people in the LGBT community because I know what's in past seen as something that only affects certain types of people of, you know, certain sexualities. Right. But, you know, HIV and AIDS affects everybody because, you know, we all are connected through what we have to support um, as far as, you know, health and Medicaid and Medicare is considered. Um, and just, you know, the debt of losing a life or a person's contributions. We, there are countless people we could think about, like, you know, Freddie Mercury and mm-hmm. different um, DJs and things, like music contributions, art contributions, stuff to culture historically, just the people we've lost to HIV and AIDS, um, that's a debt to society. So it affects us all. Um, I think we should have more conversations about HIV and AIDS just so we remove the stigma. Yeah, besides wearing a red ribbon, we need to start letting people know this happened to us, this happened to me, this happened to you. You know, we have free clinics. People, don't be naive. Let's get out and show what your cause is. Represent. Yes, I think it's important to get tested. Um, it's recommended ju- that if you're sexually active, or even if you're not sexually active, to get tested at least three every three months. But also, you know, before you start dating somebody, ask them, can I see your due chart or, you know, your test results? When was the last time you got tested? Ask those questions. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Do not be afraid to ask that question. That should be a part of the questions or, you know, along the lines of, where do you stay? Where are you from? What you know? Ask those questions, and if that person gets offended, run away, do 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 do. Run away. But really, seriously, it's you know it shows that if that person finds offense in that, it's you know they're not really concerned about their health or yours. You only have one dress rehearsal, one, one life, one you, one love. So take care of yourself, people. And my other article that I found that I really liked, shout out to Wear Your Voice magazine. They shared this article from Jezebel. Um, Two women erased $1.5 million of strangers' medical debt just because they felt like it. So we have two women, Judith Jones and Carolyn Kenyon. They're both 80 and 70 years old, respectively. But they, you know, went around to neighbors and friends, and they were able to raise 
a whopping $12,500 for a nonprofit called RIP Medical Debt. And so RIP Medical Debt buys up people's um, old medical bills and forgives them. Uh, but Jones and Kenyon didn't stop there. When they were asking people for different donations and things, they were also um, informing people about the New York Health Act, which is a bill that's going to bring universal health care to the state. But just informing people about the benefits of universal health care versus the reality of people living in debt who have different Ill- illnesses and ailments but cannot afford them. I myself understand, uh, know this struggle because I went to the ER recently around my birthday and um, I was in the emergency room for about 12 hours and I was seen by an actual doctor twice in those 12 hours other than sitting in a waiting room and we got the bill and the bill was $6,000 and some change for the services that I received. Um, yes, I received all the answers and things that I needed in next steps, but $6,000, that's a crazy amount. Um, but luckily, I was on my mom's insurance, which isn't the case for a lot of people. Um, and we we're only responsible for $250 of that 6000 but there are people who have higher bills for things that they need, um, whether it be chemo, a surgery, anything they need it. And just cannot afford to pay it, or their insurance doesn't cover it, or anything like that. And you're so true. You know, I'm glad we did have it, and we are blessed. Sometimes people have to make a decision if they're gonna pick up health care, or pay rent, get gas, get food, child care, or just live it for the next day. This health care needs to be taken care of. We get, we gotta get into our mayors and the Senate seats and make things happen. Yes, that's why voting matters at all levels, not just, you know, the main election that we all think about. Um, but even the past one, like, when you can use your voice, use it for you and those who can't use their own voice. Um, and also, for other people, this may concern um, December 15th is the last day for open enrollment for those to which that may apply. Oh, yes. Now for some sweet deeds on local business. I want to get a shout out to Marzell Walker. He's the owner of Mosey Smoke Cuisine. M-O-Z-Z-I-E. He has smoked vegetables, smoked chicken, smoked chicken wing, plus salmon. He has a variety of vegetables. They look really good too. Hit him up on Facebook. and You can call him for catering needs. 919 358 2881 Mosey Smoke Cuisine M O Z Z I E Also, hit him up for some yummy food. We also have K Solution. She is also working with different clients. Um she's a cleaning and concierge service and she's now offering residential student apartment move-in clean out special events Airbnb property and office cleanings um some of her concierge services include home and office organization apart uh, appointment scheduling grocery shopping and just general personal shopping so you can call and book today at 919-519-7037 
or you can visit ksolution.com. That's K-A-Y-S-S-O-L-U-T-I-O-N.com. Now we're going to slide into our main discussion. Yes. We went to the mall recently. Help us. Um, We were just browsing, window shopping, not doing any particular shopping. And we were going to grab a bite to eat to take home for dinner. Um, And what happened? We were in line. Yes. Enough. Waiting at a rest, um, like a fast food spot, you know, the mall, they have the little food kiosks. We just, you know, you in the line, you start on one end and to you, place your, your order, order, and then you go to the other end to pay for your order. So I'm standing at the end where you place your order, and I'm walking up to make my order. And we have, you know, a gaggle of individuals who walk up, um, with. About what three, three three children in tow. Mm-hmm. Everybody's excited, you know. They're all talking about what they're gonna get. Yay. And the little boy is the first to break away from the group entirely, to stand into the middle of you know that that line where you place your order, pay for your order. And you know me seeing him as a child, I stepped back. I was even going to allow the group to. Go proceed. ahead in front of us, yes, proceed um, to place the order as me and my mom were still staring at the menu trying to figure out what we wanted. So as I was looking at the child, he was looking at me, and I turned around just making sure that I'm not jumping to adults in respect, so no one was ordering, so I placed my order. Yeah, my mom, um, seeing that nobody from the adults in that group stepped forward to place an order she moved up and i just allowed her to go in front of me as you know per usual per usual and the first thing out the little boy's mouth is what i hate black people me and my me and my mom both heard this and we looked at each other as you know a lot of our communication is you know just looking at each other from across the room or you know your mom gives you a look and you can interpret whatever it is she means but we both looked at each other like did you just hear what he said what did he just say that's the eye contact i gave to my daughter so he the child who couldn't have been no more than what seven or eight years old little short guy repeated himself he said i hate black people loudly not whispering and even the the lady behind the counter, she heard it. And the family that was with him, they was unresponsive. They were still talking on whatever they were trying to get or not to get. And the two little boys that was with him knew to move backwards. Because most kids see when adults are approaching to order food, they usually move out the way. But this little person did not. Yes, the two kids stepped back like, I don't want that smoke. And the adults, clearly oblivious to what he was saying, didn't hear anything. So I'm just staring at the little boy, trying to decide how I want to move forth with this situation. But looking at him, not saying anything to the lady at the restaurant who's just like, I don't want to be involved. What do you want? Anybody speak? I'm here. You know, let's, let's do this. I was looking at the little boy, just really taken aback. I was like, what is this? And so he repeats himself. He says, 
looking at me because I'm looking at him, this little short child, and he says, what you looking at? I'm talking to you too. You black too. With so much gusto and attitude, but also not the same volume as the first utterances of, I hate black people. Did he say? Yes. Yeah. He said the word? He said the N word. Oh, he said the N word. It's all of the love of God. N I G G A S. Hard A. Um, And I think I was just disgusted, but also angry. I was frustrated because I didn't know how I wanted to proceed in that conversation, in that moment. I had, you know, just got off work. I had my bags in my hand. I was like, you know, I'm just trying trying to go home from work. Enjoy your day and just relax. Right. But after this episode of that, looking at this little boy, I knew there was going to be a problem. But I thank you that I'm not the person I was 20 years ago. Because it would not have been good with me and his mom. But that's not me. I'm a quiet star. But I gave that little boy a look that he knew. Me and him could have rumbled. But that wouldn't have been a good cause. Because that's not setting the situation right. We got to raise. Everything starts at home. And everything so what we ended up doing was just proceeding with our order. My mom was like, okay, and then she continued with her order. And then I, with mine, as the adults um, continued to ignore the little boy who ended up playing with the other children in his party, as children do. Um, and his mom at that point started yelling at him and the kids to get back and all this kind of other stuff. But we decided to just... Go on ordering and moving about our day. Both of us were just still like, what just happened? It's like fresh water. Like, why? How could this happen? What did this lead to? Right. And that's that's the question both of us asked as we um, continued and went about our days. How did we get here? This little black boy talking to adults, black women this way. And just for him to be a child, you know, I try to give ch- children the benefit of the doubt any, right. in any situation. You know, child stick your tongue out at you, smack you or somebody running, playing. And just a kid being a kid. But this is, I just, mm-hmm, just leaned back. And I didn't, I didn't, I really didn't know. I was not prepared. Because I did not physically touch this child. I did not physically move him. He looked at me like I owed him life. I was like, if. If I was, if he would gave me the chance, I probably would have bought him something to eat. But he was just not of it. Uh, it was just heartbreaking. It, it just hurt my feelings because it, it took me out of my character there for a minute. Same here. I was, you know, I was like, okay, he's hungry clearly because he was. He we heard him say, "I'm hungry. Let's move." But at the same time, what gives you how? <laughs> You've had practice saying this to adults or other people with oh, children. Clearly. Comfortable. There was no, you didn't, like, sometimes you can see, you can look at children, you can see them processing things before they say it. He didn't have any moments no that smooth, there were no pauses. He was just like, you heard me. And I was just, just looked at my daughter and ordered the food and proceeded with my day. But I took it home with me. I took that bad taste home. I don't like to take that kind of stuff home with me. So what are we going to do about it, people? Right. Just with, like, what would you have done in that situation? Um, feel free to comment on any place where you listen to 
our episodes. Um, you can comment on the episode. Or you can comment on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we would just take it back. Um, and that makes me think of the larger systems that were in place that got us there in general with, you know, us connecting with that little boy in that way but how did he how did he get there you know from his mom teaching him raising him the way she raised him how her mom may have raised him or just you know what what is he going through and then where is he going to end up with that kind of attitude in that mouth it's it's terrible i think we just need to practice being mindful and tell our kids you know respect you want respect i want respect but you got to earn respect Right, and, you know, going back to what how you raised us in general, how you talk to us, when you walk outside that door, I remember you saying that, when you walk outside that's this right. door, you are representing X, Y, Z, and that's something that has stuck with me throughout my adulthood, because when I step outside, I want to look like I'm representing all the things that I said that I am, um, and for him to be so young and just so brazenly disrespectful, I was like, is, is he's too young to have this kind of, this this on him and i really wanted to approach him but i knew that was not my not just him but his mom the, the whole situation would have been really it, it wouldn't it, it wouldn't have ended well it, but i gave her a look too oh not, we both did I'm we not, both gave I'm her a shy. look i'm not shy but i try to review another person in the room like did you hear that this is your child i didn't touch him i didn't say anything to him i didn't approach him rudely and she looked like she would have apologized because she, you know, like, grabbed him back when they started playing and things like that. Like, okay, stop. But she was also preoccupied with whatever conversation she, the adults yes. were having. And it was it was just too much for me that day. I was like, I'm ready to eat. He's ready to eat. And then we hear this come out of his mouth. I lost. Like, what is this world coming to? And, yes, that's just what's left on my mind from this whole experience just what are we teaching our kids what are our kids being taught um based on the environments that they have to live in you know kids don't have to be here no they don't um just in how how are we being a part of villages and taking our role seriously or how how are we helping with other people's villages that we may not be a part of because that village was destroyed that village was all over the place yeah, I mean, for the kids to not be accounted for. And, you know, we don't know these people, not personally. But, like they say, it takes a village to raise a kid. But you're just looking at all the people who were a part of his village in that moment. And there was no accountability other than that child just looking at us like he, he did not care. He did not. He didn't care. That's not his first time, to me, saying what he said. He said it with authority. He said it with authority, and he looked not shy. And his two little friends were like, I'm not having it. You on your own. And I was like, uh, am I in this right place? Am I in my right mind? Am I dreaming? No, I was not dreaming. Right, and I wish there was a nice way to wrap this up, but it's just, you know, being mindful. That's what we're thinking about, being mindful that's of all. how we're interacting with people and how how do our experiences with people shape them, especially young children who are really impressionable and yes, it's so it's such a blessing. Oh, you can catch us. Where can you catch us, Mom? We'll be out partying. 
yes. Saturday, December 8th at the house in Durham, North Carolina from 6 to 10 p.m. We'll be jamming and bringing in the holiday season officially with some... Ooh, do you think they'll have eggnog? You know what? We got to call someone. I know we're going to have chicken wings. What else, Rob? I just really love some eggnog. <laughs> but, yes. So, if you wanted to see us, meet oh, and greet type thing, we'll yes. be out there at the house from 6 to 10. 6 to 10. In Durham. Mingle and jingle. Jingle and mingle, mingle, jingle. Also, where you can find us on Facebook at Talking Brown Sugar. You can find us on Instagram at Talking Brown Sugar and on Twitter at Talking Brown Sug. That's Talking Brown S U G. Contact us with anything, any questions, comments, or you can email us at talkingbrown.sugar at gmail.com also don't forget to like share comment anything share with your friends and your family yes. tell them to join the conversation we'll see you all next time until then this is Roger Angela we, we out, out.